0: All right. Welcome to it. Thursday on the Pure Opelka Podcast. Mike here, and I'm glad you are joining me. If uh, you are sending this to your friends, thank you. We are seeing a little increase in the numbers here on the podcast, so I'm very thrilled about that. I appreciate you sharing this podcast with your friends, and we'll try and keep it fresh every single day of the week, during the week, not on the weekends, because, you know, there might be golf or other distractions. But we have a lot of news today to get to, and our friend Lauren Fix the Car Coach is gonna join us. Lauren is in Chicago. She's at the uh, Chicago Auto Show, my old hometown. Kinda bummed I'm not there to hang out with her. Uh, Although we are talking about getting together again at the New York Auto Show. So that looks like that could be happening in March or April. And that would be a very good thing to be able to get back into a big auto show on press day and see all the new cars. But Lauren's there and she'll give us a sneak preview. Plus, Lauren has a brand new formative Friday that uh, is covering the 15 worst cars ever made. And I haven't talked to her about the list, but I'm going to make some suggestions and see if her list agrees with mine. That's coming up a little bit later in the show. We have a lot of news to get to, but on this day back in the day is important too. Speaking of cars, it was on this day back in 1942 during World War II. Ford stopped automobile production because we had to focus on making tanks and planes and important stuff for the war effort against Hitler and against uh, Japan. Big stinking deal. Very good. United the country and helped win that war. 1957, a very important year for innovation. The Styrofoam cooler was invented. And I wonder who invented it. I should have looked that up before that. In 1961, on this date, Niagara Falls became a massive hydroelectric producer. They harnessed the water power of the falls and turned it into... A uh, power generator. Kind of a good thing. And it was on this date in 1996. Chess champ Gary Kasparov faced off in the first game against IBM's Deep Blue computer. He lost the first game. But he went on to ult- ultimately beat the computer and collect, I think it was a $400,000 check. Pretty big stinking deal, I think. All right, we have a lot of news going on in the world today. Um, The the bad news, of course, about the inflation numbers. The inflation numbers are are really not good at all. The White House kept telling us all last year that it was going to be transitory, that inflation was going to be a temporary thing. But no, it's not. It looks like it's going to be around for several months now. And that's not a good sign, up another 7.5%. And wages are up about 5%, so that means you got a loss. Mitch McConnell, the minority leader in the Senate, put it into uh, clear terms.
1: If you haven't personally gotten a pay raise of 8% or more in the last year, then Democrats' policies have given you a pay cut.
0: Yes, a pay cut is what you got if you haven't gotten a 10% or 8% increase. And just look at the cost of gasoline. The, the most interesting thing that came out of the left today talking about inflation inflation is what Paul Krugman said. Krugman is one of those economists that the left media always turns to. And Paul Krugman incorrectly, I believe, said that uh, inflation, not really a problem for the average Joe. You know, the, the lower half of the country, 50 percent of us who are, you know, not making a ton of money. It's not really as big of a problem as it is for the, the super rich people, right? Does that make any sense? He actually said it.
2: Basically the bottom half of the workforce is doing a lot better relative to inflation than the top half. It's the, it's the highly paid. who really are, are, are seeing a big lag behind prices.
0: Oh yeah, those highly paid people, they're the ones really paying the price. Are you kidding me? Watch the people when you go to fill up your gas tank. Watch the faces on the people. That's, that's really where it is. And I will tell you, the um, polling on this must be starting to catch on because the Den- Democrats, the Senate Democrats who are up for re-election and in districts or states that could flip, you know, if you're a senator in a state and your state's kind of iffy, these senators are now saying, hey, could we suspend the gas tax Until after the election, they're trying to find a way to give you a break. Now, I I support that. But you realize that's temporary. That's temporary. And the money that we normally counted on is not now going to be there. So instead of cutting spending, we're now cutting revenue. They should work on spending. Absolutely. Absolutely. Some interesting news out of Texas where Beto O'Rourke, who's trying to run for governor, he still thinks he has a snowball's chance in hell. And I don't know, he might. He certainly generates a lot of money from the left. Uh, Beto O'Rourke has come out and said he's not going to take away your AR-15. When he said during his presidential run, which really didn't go very far anyway, even though he said he was born to do this, that uh, he was definitely going to take away your AR-15. He's decided that that's a dumb idea. We could have told him that a long time ago. All right, the, uh, the story of the crack pipes. The crack pipes, the free Biden crack, crack pipes, that uh, it's getting a lot of pushback. And Jen Snarky saying, no, 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 no. The Washington Free Beacon broke this story a couple days ago and talked about the Biden administration going to put 30 million dollars of your money and my money into a program to give crack pipes to people in the name of racial equality to create equity, because I guess crack pipes, crack pipes are are one of the most important things to creating equity. Between the races. These people are just so stupid. It's unbelievable. Oh, I, I, I don't even know how to lay it out. But the a Biden administration was taken apart by uh, Senator John Kennedy. Senator Kennedy was on Sean Hannity's show last night. And uh, anytime I see Senator Kennedy, I am stopping and taking notes. And uh, Senator Kennedy started by talking about the lack of intelligence in
1: the Biden administration. Once again, intelligence is chasing the Biden administration, but <laughs> the sorry. Biden administration is managing to beat it.
0: Yep, yeah, that's absolutely true. I, I I love it when the usually professional anchors like Sean Hannity, the host of the show, will break up at Senator Kennedy because his wisdom is just brilliant. Senator Kennedy continued talking about this situation with these crackpipes and, uh, well, I'll let him say it because he
1: I couldn't gild the lily here. Now think about this, the pres- President Biden has decided to take $30 million of taxpayer money from his emergency COVID bill that he passed with Democratic support last March. And he wants to use it to facilitate the smoking of crack cocaine and meth in the name of racial justice, racial equity. He, he says his people say they can make the smoking of crack cocaine and meth safer. First, why are they using COVID money? Number two, why are they using any money at all? There's no safe way to smoke crack or meth. Sooner or later, it kills you. Exactly. That's called logic.
0: That's called common sense. Senator Kennedy delivered an additional shot of common sense about this crack pipe Stupidity.
1: Why wouldn't we take this money, the American people are asking themselves, and use it to stop the drugs from coming in our country in the first place by securing the border? Bingo. And what what does any of this have to do with racial justice? Crack cocaine and meth, whether you smoke it or inject it, will kill you. It doesn't matter what color you are or, or what your gender is.
0: Absolutely right. This guy has more common sense in his little finger than the entire DNC has in all of its members. Uh, I have to put a button on this because I think this is the best. The best when uh, Senator Kennedy wrapped up his analysis of the Biden stupidity on these crackpipes. Stupidity
1: is a lot like pornography. It's very hard to define, but you know it when you see it. This is stupidity.
0: Yep, 100% right. Now, some folks have said, well, the Washington Free Beacon story has been proven wrong by those people over at Snopes. Well, you should know that Snopes is a liberal organization. Snopes is not an independent fact-checking group. They are not. And Snopes initially came out and declared this to be false And then they actually looked into the words of the people from the administration who talked about these pipes that were going to be in the smoking kits. And all of that was changed after the story broke. I'm sure the administration went, wait, oh, somebody is putting crack pipes into smoking kits that we're sending out? Yeah, they stopped that. And now Jen Snarky's telling everybody, no, it's it's uh, it's chapstick they're putting in there. <laughs> they initially had pipes probably bought in China, right? Sure. That's probably what happened. But uh, Snopes got embarrassed and they created a new analysis ranking or a new analysis statement about this uh, this embarrassing screw up. And they're saying that the claim is out outdated. It's not true. It's not false. It's outdated.
1: Boy, oh boy. What would Senator Kennedy say? Stupidity is a lot like pornography. It's very hard to define, but you know it when you see it. This is stupidity. Yep. And you know what
0: else is stupid? I have to slap a stupidity warning on Geraldo Rivera. Geraldo has uh, taken a seat on The Five these days. He's a regular part of The Five on Fox, and I listen to that show pretty much every day at 5 o'clock because I'm out doing something. I don't watch it. I listen on my phone. And uh, I hear things, and I stop, and I go, wait a minute. What did he just say? He um, did call Al Sharpton, one of the smartest people in the country, which immediately should get Geraldo some sort of psychiatric evaluation. But it was the statement that Geraldo made and was backed up by Judge Jeanine, it kind of surprised me, about the theft of meat at a New York City Trader Joe's. There was a picture on the cover of the New York Post that said, uh, I guess it was the Hamburglar, they had a, a man stealing steaks From a Trader Joe's, 10 steaks. He was carrying them out. Now, 10 steaks, if a steak is good, it's going to be 50 bucks. So that could be $500 worth of meat this guy was taking. And he was not stopped. And why was he not stopped? Well, store employees in drugstores in many cities in this country have been told, don't try and stop the shoplifters because you could get hurt. These people might be carrying weapons. They might be crazed drug addicts, a, a billion different things. But Geraldo, Geraldo seems to think that these people who work at the stores and the store owners themselves should be sued, saying they're the ones who are creating the problem, calling it a, uh, a, an atmosphere of lawlessness. Here's the statement he made last night.
1: Uh, You know, I really think that what we need is we need more cops. We need more minority cops. We need better paid cops. We need stop, question, and frisk back. Uh, We we need to
0: hold store owners like Trader Joe's responsible when they intentionally allow a thief to walk out and they do nothing to stop it. Now, the first two parts of that where you're saying we need more cops and even minority cops, I don't care. Just hire cops. Hire the best people you can and pay them as much as you can. Because they're doing jobs that a lot of people just can't or won't ever do. But when you say the store owners are responsible for the crime, you're blaming the victim. This is like saying that the woman who was raped got raped because she was too pretty or she she brought it on herself. This is crazy, Geraldo. I'll let him continue, though, because he says more dumb stuff only perpetuates this this misery uh, and adds to the uh, to this you epidemic they're afraid of being sued but but they should get sued by I the agree. municipality I agree for, for encouraging creating a climate of lawlessness no no they should not be sued I think uh, Judge Janine misunderstood that I hope they clear that up today but that's just insane saying that the uh, the stores are creating the climate of lawlessness when the lawlessness exists because of these district attorneys and these big city mayors in blue cities who are just turning the criminals loose on the streets. It doesn't make any sense. And the people are wise to it. And we have to replace all of these idiots who don't understand law and order is vital to a safe and civil society. All right, mini rant over. Let's get Lauren Fix in here. Let's talk about cars. Well, we have to check in with our friend, Lauren Fix the Car Coach. Let me correct that, we don't have to. We choose to check in with Lauren Fix the Car Coach because Lauren is always doing cool stuff in the automotive world and I live vicariously through her travels and now that it looks like there's kind of a kind of a, a crushing of the pandemic, at least crushing of the restrictions, Lauren's back out on the road. Auto shows are happening again. We might get to meet in New York again at the auto show. But uh, this week, Lauren's in my old hometown of Chicago at the Chicago Automotive Show. And a place I used to go as a kid with my dad all the time, Lauren. So I'm having flashbacks to my youth. And uh, envy because you get to eat some of the great food in Chicago. But I don't envy you for being in the city with the the repressive rule of Lori Lutefoot.
2: I've <laughs> not heard that one. That is excellent. That's my brother. No, the, my rules bro- are crazy here.
0: My brother crazy. named her uh, Lutefoot after all the looting. So uh, Lori Lightfoot is her name. But Lauren Fix is the lady we're talking to. So you're at the Chicago Auto Show. Is there any um, any big surprise, any gem that was unveiled there?
2: Well, uh, nothing ever is huge at this show. It's sort of a regional show with a couple flashes in it, shall I say. So if you're looking for a vehicle and you're in the Chicago area, it's a great place to go look at potential vehicles that you're considering buying. And if you want to learn more about the cars, and you know, there's going to be a bunch of different vehicles all in one place, which is great if you're considering purchasing something but as far as surprises so we were told about the four gt uh it's a special version allen man who used to do all the experimental stuff if you're into racing you know who he is if not you have no clue who he is but if you're into collectability this isn't the last of the four gts which is a small engine with you know twin superchargers very fast very collectible uh but they've also jacked up the price to go along with it which again does not surprise me
0: Yeah, and speaking of jacking up the prices, I read in uh, the news this week that Ford and um, and GM are telling dealers, hey, stop with the over-sticker charges, the up-charges on on cars that are in demand, or we're going to cut your supply. Can they do that?
2: Well, they've already cut the supply, whether they want it or not. I don't know if they can do that legally, because remember, the reason that the franchises or the dealers are there is there was a franchise law put in place in the early 1900s because the deal it, unlike Tesla where you go online you order your car you pick it up there is no dealer you know what i mean so they, they've escaped the the dealer franchise laws by basically being um a, a tech a technical company yeah. te- so so that was their way of escaping this but in reality every other brand shall we say um, you go into the dealer, you pick out what you want, you get a service problem, you go back, you get a collision, you might go there, you might not, you know, whatever it might be, but their individual franchise is just like McDonald's. So every McDonald's you go into may be slightly different, but they're all getting the supply from the same corporate area, right? So this is the same thing as true. Can they say, well, we're just going to jack up the price. Well, they just call it market adjustment price or ADM additional dealer markup. So the ADM part is what they're really talking about where you'll see a Ford Lightning truck that's coming in and they want $50,000 on top of it. So now you have some insight information from on a legal perspective, but what's interesting is if you think about it, it's supply and demand. If I only have five sandwiches and I usually have 50 sandwiches and you come in to buy a sandwich, I'm going to make the price higher. Yeah. So that's just common sense, you know, supply and demand from 101 All right. So, but if I say, well, I'm going to raise the price because I got the sandwiches from Subway. Subway's not going to be able to come down to you and say you need to lower the prices, or we're not going to give you sandwiches. They've already restricted the sandwiches. So, I I think that this is uh, with the shortage of chips. We've got a rubber shortage. Now we've got uh, some. Well, at least FCA is claiming that the Canadians blocking the. Windsor border are stopping them from getting their products and, and subcomponents. There are other bridges and tunnels and other ways to get across from Canada. But either way, it's, it's always good to make an excuse for why you can't produce something. But the, the bottom line is, is, I don't know if they can actually stand by that. And the consumer has to make a decision. Do I buy from that person or do I go elsewhere?
0: Yeah, it's a consumer choice. And I did reach out to a friend of mine who's a prosecutor and said, hey, why isn't this like price gouging when a hurricane hits and stores and gas stations will ratchet up prices because demand spikes? And uh, she said, well, when you have things like food and gasoline, those are necessities, and a new car is not really a necessity. So it it is sort of a a market-driven pricing, and that's why you won't see the government getting involved in any of those. Now, the company, the the factory can say, hey, we're we're the ones who are going to decide where things get distributed. So there's an interesting tug of war going on here. And we'll we'll keep an eye on it and see if anything else comes of it, because maybe the dealers will say to the manufacturers, hey, um, uh, we're giving you the middle finger uh, because we'll we have to stay in business. And that right. requires all kinds of stuff.
2: Yeah. So it's an interesting can of worms, because if you think about it, you're going to tell the largest dealer in America, which happens to be in L.A. There's a huge dealer there. I'm not going to mention any names. There's a huge dealer in Los Angeles area. And I've been there. It's gargantuan. And when something hits the lot, it goes. And they always have charge an upcharge for special edition cars, whether it be a Ford GT, a Mustang, whatever. And the same thing is true with Corvettes. Camaros, a uh, uh, pick a brand, I mean anything that is in demand. But I've seen even a Kia Seltos, a basic entry level really nice compact crossover, go have a $10,000 upcharge on it. So, it's because that's what that's what the supply and demand is. I mean, consumers are paying it. Yeah. If they weren't paying it and cars were sitting in a lot, but think of it the other way. So now, I had too many cars, which is going to happen once they finally catch up. All right, At some point, It's going to flip. And now I'm going to have hundreds of cars on my lot. And I now have to take the hit of selling this car below the window sticker price. Dealers are well aware that that will happen at some point in the future, probably later in 23, but maybe not. Who knows? It's hard to tell. There's a lot of other outside factors of just making this chip thing a nightmare. And mostly to blame is China. But that's a whole other conversation. But. The the interesting, so now that I'm loaded down, are you going to pay me the difference if I can't sell a car at Sticker? You're going to tell me I have to discount, I have to take your corporate incentive, and I guarantee you that's something that's not being addressed. So when it flips around the other way, and I have too much supply, and there's no demand because you've already bought your car when you need it, or you chose to keep your car, which is always a wise idea, uh, and you think about that, you start thinking, well, so now I'm getting screwed. Because now I have to take in your incentive.
0: Yeah, this is going to be a fun one to watch because the pendulum always swings back the other way. Lauren, uh, we talked a little bit about Chicago, but I'm sure the Four Minute Friday has some interesting stuff. And you hinted that one of it was Super Bowl related, one of the topics you're hitting. So what's on the Four Minute Friday this week?
2: Okay, yeah, one of them is the Super Bowl. So every year in the Super Bowl, I'm – it depends who's playing. The Bills didn't make it there this year, so we did We did have a good shot at it. I thought we might have had it. But uh, I always say, you know, one of the best things is the commercials. They're fabulous. And this year, I'd say, and I'm just going to tell you the brand, and then you'll have to watch it. I would say Hyundai has a fabulous commercial. Super impressive. Followed by BMW. Uh, you've got to see it. Arnold Schwarzenegger is in it. It's hysterical. There's a couple of weird ones mixed in uh, as well. But um, I would say those are probably two of the best. And every year we always discuss, like, what's the best one? And there's always a surprise. And General Motors has, is doing something with Dr. Evil. So I've they've, they've got a couple of teasers that they did three different teasers. So that, that one we can't see. Usually um, Fiat Chrysler, which is now Stellantis, has a surprise. But we will see afterwards. But in the meantime, I've got all the ones that I could get access to, some no one else has seen All in one place. That'll go out Friday night and uh, Friday morning. We always put out our regular Friday segment. And I did the 15 worst, world's worst car ever made. And some of them you've never heard of. And some of them you just go, oh, my gosh, I hated that car.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I remember. I'm going to just throw a few and you can tell me on their list what's on the list. Because I don't want to spoil it for people. I want them to go to the YouTube channel, Car Coach Reports, and watch the format of Friday to see all this. Uh, Is the... Renault Lacar on the list.
2: Uh no, a different Renault is on the list. Okay, but the Lacar is pretty bad. It, it it didn't. It ranked at the bottom, but not at the total bottom. Okay, all right, <laughs> all right. So
0: uh, that's that's one. All right, second one. How about the original Ford Fiesta?
2: No, that actually, I had a Ford Fiesta, the one from Europe. They're great. If you needed a fender, you could unbolt it and bolt it. I know it was eighty dollars. I actually got hit in a parking lot at college, and I replaced the fender myself. It was just three bolts.
0: <laughs> I I had one, Lauren. I disagree with you completely. I used to call it the siesta, because it was just uh, it was a disaster. And and mine came. I had a manual transmission. Didn't come with a yep. radio, so I had to put in a radio. On my own, uh, so I'm over two yes, here. All right. right, let me try another one. How about oh, a F- I had
2: a Fiesta S, by the way, and it was awesome. I won at the drag races. I paid eight hundred dollars for it, and I won more money on it than I paid for it.
0: See, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm doing something wrong. Got to hang out with you more. All right, one more Ford on my nomination. The EXP.
2: No, that was horrible. But I would say that didn't make the list. I don't know why. You know, I totally forgot about it. I'm going to make a new list because I think you've given me three cars that i did that didn't make the list we may have to do another one of these i have the ford pace or, or the i mean the ford pinto so i gotta put the exp wow.
0: anytime oh, the car great. explodes what a piece of crap that was. anytime the car explodes when it's rear-ended like that uh, the uh, pinto problem had that's a bad thing that's a bad okay i'm gonna one more guess, and okay. uh we used to we used to have alerts for this car on the george washington bridge in the new jersey turd pike when the wind got high, and that is the uh, the Yugo.
2: Yes, the Yugo made the list. That was one. Do you know who designed the Yugo? This is going to blow you away. I do not. Bricklin. Malcolm the Bricklin, the Canadian. Malcolm. Yes, and believe it or not, he's still alive, and he's friends with me on LinkedIn. I just laugh every time he sends me a message. I don't know why. I don't even know him.
0: <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you a Malcolm Bricklin story off air. About oh, a, I want to hear that of uh, Malcolm Bricklin good. encounter in South Padre Island, Texas, from decades ago, and he was, he was a bit of a wild man. I'm glad to hear he's still alive. Uh, it's craziness. All right, Lauren, um, great stuff on the Four Minute Friday. Everybody should go there. Check out uh, the the 15 worst cars ever in the world, and maybe there'll be an updated version. Maybe you should do an All American Worst Cars and. I can be a consultant. Uh, Oh, yeah! And follow Lauren on Instagram and Twitter as well. Uh, Car Coach Reports is the channel, though, on YouTube with a four-minute Friday. Thank you, my friend.
2: Thank you. And all social media is at Lauren Fix. I'll be posting on the Chicago Auto Show for the next couple days.